Thank you. You were right, by the way. I skipped the part. She practiced more than me, I think. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened that the Lord has told us about. And then they hurried off, like Allie told us. Thank you. This is a really special time of year. And it's a privilege for us to join together and to hear the story of Christmas together once again. And I didn't plan for it to go this way, but uh, with the peace candle not lighting and me forgetting uh, to read one little verse, it sort of strikes me as fitting. Because if your year has been anything like my year, you've made plans and they've been disrupted. You've had hopes and they haven't, things haven't gone the way that you intended. And everything perhaps feels just a little bit off. Talking with members of our congregation uh, in the lead up to Christmas, it's felt like, what, it's Christmas already? How did that sneak up on us? I'm not ready, we're not ready. There's so much left to do before Christmas or before the end of the year. And in the midst of all of the sort of unplanned and uncontrolled or uncontrollable parts of our lives, as Christians, we gather together every December 24 and we get to celebrate Jesus' birth. Earlier in Advent, I said to our congregation that Christians really celebrate the triple Advent, three parts of Advent. First, we celebrate Jesus' arrival in the manger 2,000 years ago. Second, we anticipate and look forward to Jesus coming in glory. But third, we experience God's presence in our hearts, even today. Many of us, I think, are here tonight because we feel like there's something special about the Christmas season. Maybe even we believe in God. And so we want to mark this special moment in some special and formal way. So here we are. I know that some of us here call ourselves Christians and some of us attend church regularly. Others of us don't. But I would bet that for most of us, if and when we come to church, what we expect is a sort of nicely wrapped story. In other words, we expect a totally finished story that has a beginning, a middle, and a happy ending. And one of the main rubs, whether we believe in God or don't believe in God, is that whether we come often or whether we come rarely, one of the main rubs is that the stories of the Bible almost always feel like they're nicely wrapped up with a bow. But our lives are hectic and frantic. Our lives are very much in process and sometimes just a mess. And so the stories of the Bible, as nice as they might be, seem disconnected from our ordinary lives. If you are a Christian, perhaps when you think of those finished stories, you like to think of a testimony, something like the beautiful hymn that many people know. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Or maybe even better, I once was blind, but now I see. We love to hear amazing stories of God's miraculous healing, to hear unexplained and unexplainable transformation from pain to joy, from despair to hope, from indifference to love, from war to peace. 
But many of us find ourselves neither at the beginning of our stories nor the end. We're stuck somewhere in the middle. And our stories can't be tied up with a nice little bow. They can't be told in just a few sentences the way that we told the Christmas story this evening. Our stories, our lives are messy and complicated. They're filled with unanswered questions. And most of all, they're yet unfinished. If you've been to a Christmas service before, then you probably know about the joy of the angels. You probably even know about the part of the shepherds going that I accidentally skipped. You know that Jesus was born, healthy, maybe even happy. The hymn says, no crying he made, but I'm not sure that that's true. If you've come back and worshipped with River Park Church or other churches throughout the year, and, uh, even, or even at Easter, then you also know that Jesus had a life and a ministry on earth. Uh, he died and on the third day rose again. He, as the Apostles' Creed says, the oldest creed in the Christian church, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. The story of Jesus seems, the way you'd hear us tell it in chunks, like it's one and done, like it's, there's a beginning, there's a middle, and an end. But the story of Jesus, the life of Jesus on earth, is only, and no, I don't mean only in a pejorative way, I mean only in a, in, a, uh, in a way that it's only one part of the whole story of the Bible. It's the central part, the most important part, but it's not the whole. The Bible contains many completed stories, but also many stories that invite us to ask more questions and to wonder about what still is coming. Just how did God create the world? Where did Solomon get all those wives from? How exactly did the exile go? And where did all those people end up afterward? What about all those churches that received letters in the New Testament? Was any of that ever resolved? What happened to them? I ask all these questions in order just to make a couple simple points tonight. That one, as a whole, the Bible leaves a lot unfinished and unanswered. And second, that there remains a significant gap or space between the stories of the New Testament and the final chapter of the Bible, which is the book of Revelation, and the end of all things. The point is this that you and I live in that gap. All of, us un all of us inhabit the space between the life of Jesus in the first century and the end of the world. It doesn't matter whether you're a Christian. It's a fact. The first century happened. We're in the 21st now. And so at some point, the world will end. We all live between then and what's coming. Now, maybe that doesn't always seem important, or perhaps it doesn't always seem urgent, but the incredible and surprising thing about Christmas is that we're invited to live in that space along with others. And even as Christians believe that we are invited to live in that space along with God. I think it's easy, or at least easier, to believe that a God exists far off somewhere. Maybe even a God who created everything and then walked away from it. But it's shocking and much more difficult to believe that 
the God who created everything actually became human. That this God, even today, actually wants to be a part of your life. That God wants to be with you in the midst of everything going on. The pretty and the formal events, the candlelit events, but also the ugly and painful and secret things. God wants to be a part of those too. And so tonight, we light the Christ candle and we say that, as Ali said, Jesus is our light, that God is with us now. I've been inviting our congregation throughout Advent to imagine coming home and what they would find there. And so I want to do that one final time this evening. Imagine for a moment you came home and sat down in your living room and Jesus was sitting there waiting for you. Let's not picture the baby Jesus because that would require some work and some care and a crib and stress. But imagine you came home and found the adult Jesus sitting in your living room, right in front of you. Maybe you might feel some of those emotions, some of those candles we talked about earlier. You might feel hope, hope for improvement, for help, for resolution, for you, for a loved one, for our world. You might feel joy, You might feel excitement and happiness at meeting Jesus, at being with him. You might be in awe and wonder. You might say to yourself, I can't believe this is happening. Or you might feel love. You might want to go in for a hug or even kneel down on your knees and bow down in reverence and in awe. You might be overcome with gratefulness and thankfulness. Or maybe you would just settle into a deep sense of peace. That the world is still broken, but at this moment in your living room, everything is okay. As I thought about those four emotions and as I prepared for this evening, I wondered that maybe some of us might also experience anger or confusion. We might look at our lives and look at our living room and see Jesus sitting there and think to ourselves, where have you being. So as we close, I want to suggest that at the end of this year, the Christmas story that you need, that all of us need, is not a finished story. We don't need everything to be pretty or presentable or wrapped up with a perfect and beautiful bow. Perhaps you need the story of a Jesus who sits with you in the midst of the incompleteness of your life, the insufficiency or unpopularity or struggle of your daily reality. Friends, the story of God's love for humanity is that story. It's not over yet. It's still unfolding. And you are here because God wants you to be an important part of that story, the story of his love for humanity. The story of his love for you, for those you love. If or when you decide to follow Jesus, God will give you hope. He will give you joy. He will deepen your love. He will give you peace. But most of all, God will give you himself. God will walk with you at home, at work, and at school. He'll walk with you as you travel. 
They'll sit with you as your travel plans are delayed and canceled. God will invite you into a story that is far bigger than yourself and challenge you to a whole new life that is so much better than you can imagine. The story of God's love for his people, that central chapter anyway, started at the first Christmas, but it's not over yet. So in just a moment, we're going to sing Silent Night. I'm going to invite you to pull out your candles and uh, to, to turn them on whenever we sing that song. And as we sing, if you know the words, I invite you to sing along. If you don't know the words, I invite you just to, to listen in, to take in the words and allow them to wash over you. And to reflect and wonder. When you get home tonight, when you sit down, what would life be like if God really was there with you? Please pray with me just a moment, and then we'll sing together. On this Christmas Eve, God, we come to you in this space that is set apart for the purpose of being together and being with you. And so I ask now that you would not just remind us of your first coming, not just help us to look forward to your second coming, that you would be present with each person here tonight, even as we sit quietly in this and reflect in this silent night. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.